Well, it is an absolute privilege once again to be here tonight. I enjoy my time with you guys. Um, it, um, it, it goes by quickly, for me at least, uh, maybe not so much for you. And I do want to have an admission. Um, I try not to do this because um, I love my children, but even though I love them, uh, I have to embarrass them. No, I don't embarrass them. But uh, uh, yesterday I did a test on my way home with two of my children who were in the, me- in the message and um, or two people that live with me, I'll put it that way, more general terms, um, and they failed miserably. So I clearly did not communicate exactly to a certain audience uh, what I wished uh, to convey. Um, no, I'm just kidding. They did okay. Um, they, they got, what did you get, like maybe one out of the four Ps that we went through, and they were just guessing everything at the end. It was like God's popcorn. I don't know. Um, I was like, what were the four Ps? And they were like, they were throwing a bunch of things out there. I think they got God's purposes. I think that's the last one that they remembered. Um, but, uh, but hopefully you remember a little bit more. We've gone through uh, uh, a journey on faith and the item of faith, right? And uh, we talked about on the initial night of Sunday night, uh, dealing with um, faith that changes everything. And we started talking about the ABCs of faith. And you guys passed that quiz yesterday with flying colors. I'm going to see if we can do it again tonight. I'm going to double down on my my quiz, on my test. And I said the ABCs of faith. The A stands for... Assurance. There's an assurance behind what uh, we believe. There's an assurance. It provides the basis, the foundation. And I said that the letter B stood for... Belief, a system of beliefs. It's a worldview. It gives us direction. It's our compass. Faith takes on that role in our lives and in the Christian's life. It takes that on. And the letter C stood for conviction. It's the steadiness. And it completes that grounded foundation on which everything in the Christian life from that point forward is established by, is steady in. It remains steadfast. It's a It's a conviction. And so we talked about that, and I said last night I I dealt with the reality of that faith. Uh, It changes everything. We have the ABCs, but then I said that faith always leads to what? Obedience. See, about, that's about how many in my vehicle knew it, about one out of uh, two, uh, about 50%. And so, uh, uh, but, uh, but yes, uh, obedience. If I didn't, I told you last night, if you forget everything else, the one thing I did not want you to forget was that, that uh, faith always leads to obedience. And uh, I used the illustration of somebody famous, which, by the way, my, uh, my uh, survey as well uh, rendered me uh, to, to have to explain that because in my survey of my truck, nobody knew who the person that I referred to was, all right? And uh, that may have to do with uh, their sheltered life. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, with the fact that they, most of you, I believe, know who Kanye West is. Uh, but anyways, I was referencing that last night in the message. And, uh, and so uh, tonight I will uh, reference that once again in, in referencing the obedience that I said that, hey, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's a famous star, whether it's an athlete or whoever it is, if they come and say, hey, I'm a Christian, I always say, okay, we'll see. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's not me doubting them. It's just me saying that faith always leads to obedience. And therefore, in their life, as much as in my life, um, that is where faith is proven. Faith leads to obedience. 
We dealt with several individuals last night as we studied Hebrews chapter 11. We studied about how faith led to obedience in them. It was obedience to God's principles. It was obedience to God's process as we learned through Noah. It was obedience to God's promises as we learned through Abraham. And it was obedience to God's purpose in another portion of Abraham's life. And so we, we, we found this to be true, that faith leads to obedience. It gives us a solid ground. It gives us the basis on which we live out all of the Christian life. And then it leads somewhere. It leads us to obedience. And so tonight, I want to build on those two premises. I want us to build on that because I believe that not only does faith um, give us the foundation of the Christian life, not only does faith lead to obedience, but I believe that faith leads to action. Faith leads to what? Action. Faith leads to action. Faith is not something that exists in a vacuum by itself. It leads to something. It leads to action. Throughout the ch what is known as the chapter of faith, which is Hebrews 11, if you were to take some time and study each one of those lives, you would find that in each life there's a common theme. It was that something was done. It wasn't that there was just an existence that happened. It wasn't just that they sat on their sofas and watched Netflix. And it was something that led to an action. Their faith led to action. And I want to reiterate that. I want us to begin where we, where we, where we began the whole series, which again is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I want you to turn there. I just want you to say it with me. It's right up there so we can't miss it. All right, ready? Everybody say it together. One, two, three. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, by faith, by faith. We learn that this is the reality. Things are done by faith in the Christian life. You are absolutely lost in the Christian life. Were it, is it not for faith? Faith leads us to follow uh, and to be able to have a, a direction. Faith is what gives us the base. It gives us direction. It gives us steadiness, that conviction. And then it leads to obedience. It leads to obedience, but it doesn't just stop in obedience. It leads to action. I want you, uh, if you will, go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We were there last night. I want us to go there again tonight. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to share a couple truths, and then I'm going to share a story, and then we'll be done, okay? And uh, that's, my, that's my desire uh, at this, uh, uh, for tonight, is to do exactly that, okay? So, faith leads to action. Faith leads to obedience. Faith leads to, uh, to action. Chapter 11, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so I spelled that out for you in that first night, assurance, belief, conviction. We learned uh, not only that, we touched on it last night, jump down to verse number 6, Hebrews 11 and verse number 6. It says in Hebrews 11 and verse number 6, now faith, or but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who is the him? Who is the him? God. And the Bible says that it is impossible to please him, him being God, without what? Without faith. Now, this is a very important, okay? Because there's very few things in the Bible that are exclusionary like that. Very few things. Um, 
the Bible tells us many things that uh, we need to do. The Bible tells us many things that we should not do. But very few things are so exclusionary like that statement in the Bible right here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. It says, without faith, it is impossible. It doesn't say it's hard. It doesn't say uh, it's something that if you try really hard, you can still do. Um, the Bible says it is impossible. Possible. And when the Bible says it's impossible, it's because it means it is literally impossible. And so tonight, I want us to be able to get that grounded in our minds as we ultimately are looking tonight at the reality of that without uh, that, that faith leads to action. I want you to realize something that the foundation of faith, that assurance, that belief, that conviction, it, it's going to build in us a, a relationship with God. It's going to build in us a, 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 a reliance on God in a unique way. I told you about the belief that in order to have a system of beliefs, we got to know what we're believing in. Therefore, faith leads us to the truth of God's word. It builds into us uh, that system, that worldview. And tonight, each one of you has a worldview. Each one of you uh, views life, views your life, views your future through a certain lens. It views it, you, you view your life through a certain lens, through a certain way of looking at life. And that's your worldview. And God tonight is hoping that through faith, your worldview, your system of beliefs will be shaped by Him. And as that is a reality, then comes verse number six, this reality. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Man, what, what an interesting phrase. We live in a world that one of the fastest growing religions is atheism. Anybody know what atheism is? What is atheism? You don't believe in anything? Don't believe in God? Among the things that of anything that they don't believe, definitely God would be it. And not only that... Not only are, I find this very interesting about the atheists, that atheists are not happy with themselves not believing in God. What, what do they want you to do? To also, also not believe in God. And for them, it's not enough that they don't believe in God. They want to make sure that everybody doesn't believe in God. And I find that very interesting because it, it's, it's the direct opposition of faith, isn't it? It's exactly, if you get to the root of what the exact opposite of faith would be, it would be exactly that. Because why? Because as, as faith is being described here, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's it. That, that's the phrase, that he is. You see, that's, that's uh, the, the verse before. What's the verse before Genesis 1-1? Anybody know? What is Genesis 1-1? In the beginning, God created. So the verse before Genesis 1-1 is not in the Bible, but it's, it's in reality. It's in existence. Why? Because God existed. It doesn't start with trying to make that case. It doesn't start with trying to convince you that some way, some shape, some form, your mind is going to comprehend what comes before that. It starts with the assumption that every human being has to understand this reality that God exists. And that is exactly what faith is. Faith is beginning with the, pre with the principle that God exists. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Tonight, I want to tell you something, that that belief, should lead to action that belief should lead to action 
That belief should lead us to understand a reality. And tonight, in the few moments that I have remaining, I want to be able to share some things in regards to that action. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for these young people that are here. Father, we're here not because we got it all figured out. Father, I don't have it all figured out. I need of you tonight, Father. You know more than ever. I pray, Father, that you would lead my thoughts and that this time together with these young people would be a time for us to grow closer to you because that is the only hope of all mankind. It's to know you and to grow in a relationship with you and to glorify you with our lives. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being able to be in a country where we can even exercise this freedom and be able to enjoy these things. Guide my thoughts, guide our time together. May your spirit lead us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The foundation is faith is an assurance, a belief, a conviction. Faith leads to obedience, obedience to God's principles, obedience to God's process, obedience to God's promises, obedience to God's purposes. And, and so you say, but, but, but Pastor John, I'm, I think we're missing somewhere in there. I believe something as well is missing. Go with me to Romans chapter 10. Go with me to Romans chapter 10. And I referenced this in the belief system, but I want us to kind of make sure we go back and see that God's word uh, may, uh, drills this home to us, drills this home to us. In Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, somebody read that for me. Romans 10, 17. So where does faith come from, Brian? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing what, Emiliano? What, what do we hear? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The Word of God. This is pivotal in a day and age that has desired to transform Christianity into something that fits the culture. Uh, this is pivotal for a generation that you and I have grown up in, that 96.9 is cool, and Christian artists are cool. They're cool people. They're accepted. They're, they're welcomed at the, at the uh, awards of the music industry. They're, they're welcome. This is pivotal to understand this, Right? Because we live in a world that wants to divorce faith from the truths that we find in this. Hence the reason that there's certain musical artists that'll say, I don't know, you know, whether or not the, the word of God, whether or not God condemns homosexuality. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, you know, I think it's best this way, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't say it for sure. Somebody said on the Ellen show, a Christian artist. And, and, and so you live in a world that has divorced faith from the roots that were established right here. And so therefore, God left us a verse that made very plain and clear to every one of us this reality. That faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you get up every morning... And you spend the first few moments of your waking day putting some of God's word in your heart. What you are doing is you are exercising faith. You are growing in true faith. When you sit here on a Tuesday night and you sit in that nice comfortable white plastic chair. When you sit on those benches on a Sunday night or a Monday night or a Wednesday night. You are exercising your faith. As long as the person teaching you, as long as the book that you pick up and are reading is the Word of God 
or the preaching of the truth of God. Because you see, you can show up to a church, you can be involved in an exercise of an expression of religiousness without having real faith, without exercising real faith. Because the component of faith, it requires the Word of God. It cannot be divorced from the Word of God. We live in the anti-church thought, right? Oh, I'm not religious. I have a relationship. Therefore, I never go to church. Wait, 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 what? That's not all my Bible says. My Bible says that that you should submit to your pastors because they watch for your souls. That's what Hebrews says just a few few chapters later from our text. uh, My Bible tells me that, that it is important for me to be involved in a local church. My Bible tells me that God established a place for me to serve, and that place is the local church. That's where I'm going to develop myself as a Christian is inside of the local church. So tonight, young person, I want to encourage you in regards to that reality, that establishment of understanding that don't fall prey to your generation that says, oh man, it's a Christian. I'm a Christian. Yeah, he's a Christian. We're all Christians. This is great. It's faith. It's all about faith. And faith is on t-shirts and it's on sweaters and it's on plaques that they sell in different places. And it's great. Everything's about faith. But you say, wait, 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 I got to dig a little bit deeper. Because that faith needs to be grounded in the Word of God because that's what God's Word says true faith is all about. True faith, it is grounded in the Word of God. And then being grounded in the Word of God, it it takes us somewhere. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3. I haven't lost you, right guys? You're still with me? Yes? All right, good. Galatians chapter 3. And in Galatians chapter 3, we're going to find this, uh, I like, I like this, this verse because I, I find it very interesting, the, the wording that is in it. Galatians 3.11, somebody read that, somebody other than Brian, read that, uh, Galatians 3 and verse 11. If you have your Bible, go to Galatians 3, go to verse 11. So the Bible says, look, in this, it's very important. You're not going to win favor with God. You're not going to win a relationship with God by walking according to these rules. But, but here's the thing, is that faith is going to be lived. It's going to be lived through Jesus Christ in your life. But it's going to be lived It says there this last phrase, very importantly, it says at the very end, the just shall live by faith, okay? How do you know somebody's alive? Their heart beats? Their breathing? Huh? Their presence? Right? There there are certain things that tell us a person is alive. How many of you have ever been in a room with a dead person? Anybody been in a room? <laughs> Seriously? You've been in a person with, with a person that's dead? Okay. So when you're in a room, man, that's incredible. I didn't realize that. Huh? Yes. Okay. So, yes, if you've been to a funeral, you've been in a person in a room with a person that's dead, right? 
That person, you don't have a conversation with them. They don't get up and walk around the room. They don't get there and encourage you and talk to you, right? There, there is clear evidences that they are not alive, okay? Notice this very importantly because here it says the just shall live by faith. There will be signs that there is a aliveness to your faith. Now I ask you, as you examine your life this last week, this last month, this last year, as you examine your life, I ask you, is there an aliveness to your faith? Is there some walking around and talking? Is there some action in your faith? Or is it just words? Is it just being there? Are you just in the room? Because if you're just in the room, there are dead people that are just in the room. We've been with them. They're just there. And I'm worried that I see a lot of Christian young people that I look at their lives and I see them just there. I'm not sure that they're alive in their faith. Their faith, the just, the Bible says, shall live by faith. There's an aliveness to your faith. Go with me right there in chapter 2 and verse number 20, just a couple verses back. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For me, it was at 12 years old in the desk next to my dad's office. At 12 years of age, I kneeled down next to his office and I asked Jesus Christ to become my Lord and Savior. And from that moment on, the old John was dead and there was a new John that was living. And that new John that was living was, a, was supposed to be living a life that was controlled and that was lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for me. It was not to be lived in the flesh any longer because that's what faith does. Faith is grounded in God's word. It's made alive and it's made alive towards action. Faith gives us a base. Faith leads to obedience. And faith leads to action. Young people, it is about time for you to look at your life and for you to say, am I really a Christian? And if I'm really a Christian, then I really have faith. And I re if I really have faith, then that faith should be alive in me. There should be signs of life. There should be signs of life. During rescue operations, whether it be a building that collapsed, whether it be a big fire like the one in California going on right now, as rescuers get there, if they come across a body, one of the things that they're looking for are signs of life. A heartbeat, some sort of reaction, a pulse. Tonight, young person, as you look at your Christian life, are there signs of life? 
Are there signs of life of your faith? Or is it a dead faith? Is it a muted faith? Is it a faith that never sprouted? Is it a faith that was just declared with your lips but never lived by your life? I want to challenge you tonight that you would look to Jesus, that you would understand that in him you have something amazing. Go back with me to Hebrews chapter 12, one chapter right behind our main chapter that we've been looking at. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this in verse number two. It says this, somebody... Somebody read that for me. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2. Hebrews 12 and verse number 2. This is so pivotal. As we're looking to make our faith alive, we have reason to understand that it is not in our strength that we can make it alive. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Can I tell you tonight, young person, that there is no greater need in your faith than a living thriving real relationship with jesus christ you say yeah pastor john i'm saved no i'm not talking about you being saved i'm talking about a living real growing thriving relationship with jesus christ because he is the author and finisher of your faith and of my faith and we cannot make our faith alive without his help without his direction because we will fail him continually without his presence in our life Share to the summer with the summer, and I'll share it again tonight. One of my favorite things to do is to go to the chapel of our campground. And I leave just the blue lights on, nothing else is on in the entire auditorium. And it lights up that stage. And me and Jesus meet there. And he's real in my life. And sometimes I'm there just thanking him for his goodness in my life. And sometimes I'm there pouring out my heart because I messed up real bad and I need his help. I want to challenge you tonight, young person, that as you think about your faith, that is a faith that leads to action. That is necessary. It is important for you to understand that the element of Jesus in your life, the element of that reality being something that is continually there, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He, here's in case the author of Hebrews, this is what he did. He said, look to Jesus. And in case you forget, you forgot why it's so important to look to Jesus, remember that it was he who was willing to go to the cross for you. It was he who was willing to take all your wicked thoughts and your wickedness, and every single thing that you would ever do in your life that would be wicked and horrible and sinful, and he took it upon him, and he paid the price that you would never be able to pay for your sin. And that's why he deserves to have a relationship with you. And that's why he deserves to be the energy and the main thrust of what you are doing and living in your life. He deserves that place. That is what will infuse your faith will be Jesus Christ because he's the author and finisher of our faith. Faith in action. I want to finish here in James chapter 1. Faith in action. Just a few, if you have a Bible, just a few pages further. James, at the end of Hebrews comes James. James chapter 1. 
And it says this in verse number three, and our time is almost to an end. It says this. It says, knowing this, James 1 and verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. For a long time, I, I, I'd only studied the King James Bible, and so for a long time, this was my thought, okay? Um, when I thought of patience, how many of you have a little brother or a little sister? Raise your hand. Have a little brother or a little sister, all right. How many of you remember when they were real small? And, and when they're real small, like, if you're sitting there, like I would be on my phone or be watching a TV or something like that, they, they want your attention, right? And so they would come up to you like I'm coming to Josue, and they would be like, they'd be flicking your ear. They'd be like, hey. And I would think, man, this is trying my faith. I'm growing in patience. When my thought came to me about patience, it was like, I should strangle him, but I have patience. I'm not going to strangle him. That's not exactly what it's talking about here. If you were to study that a little bit more, you would understand that what it's talking about is that faith, when it's lived, faith, when it's taken to action, it's going to be put to test throughout, its, throughout your life. Your faith will be put to test throughout your life. And sometimes those tests will be great, huge tests. And sometimes they'll be small tests. But as a result of each one of those tests, your endurance will be either greater or less, depending on how you were able to go through that test of your faith. I finish with this. This is the story. Uh, I was looking at my phone. November of um, 2016. So it's, it's just about to be three years. I've had as a challenge um, during my 30s may, mainly. I've always, I, I, it's funny because in high school I hated to run. I liked to sprint in sports. Like I, the 84 feet from one side of the high, high school, and I know those how many feet there were, 84 feet from one side of the high school rim to the other, uh, that I like to do right there. But I did, like in PE, when they're like, go run 10 laps, I was like, oh, this is horrible. Ugh. And I just, I hated it. Um, I was like, if I'm not running for a sport, then this is ridiculous. Um, I just wanted to be able to run for the, in, the, in the field or on the, on the bases or, or on the court. That was what I wanted to do. But into my 30s, I began to do something, and, and I liked to, I, I, I didn't like, I developed a, a liking of running. And I remember that I started to run, and I, I, my, my first goal was, I think I had this watch, so, uh, or the, the first wa Apple watch, and I remember I was like, man, I, I want to do like maybe a mile, one mile. And I remember we, we lived in, in Debbie Lane early on in our marriage. Uh, it's right here uh, in Seven Oaks. If you go down Los Seven Oaks, you go down that way, you'll run into the golf course there at the south side. And me and Miss Blandy, we lived there for our first so 03 to 12, right? So like nine years of marriage. Um, losing count um but uh anyways first nine years of marriage so uh i remember getting up at certain points of my life and going and running around that little neighborhood and i remember it wasn't exactly a mile but i remember it was like like nine tenths of a mile or something i was like oh man i could finish that 
And then I remember that I started to kind of push myself. They finished the park on the other side of Inspiration. So I got to, I got to see them develop that whole park, which if you go down Inspiration, there's a bunch of baseball fields and, and a park there. And I remember when they were building that, I remember when they finished it, it was like 2010 or something around there. And I remember I, I, w- I would have been exactly 30 at that point in, in 2010 um, and 2011. And I remember starting to go and I wanted to run. I wanted to run that. And the whole thing was uh, two miles. So if you ran from beginning to end, I think it was two miles or 1.5, I don't remember. But I remember I wanted to run t- the whole lap without stopping. And I was like, yeah, I got it, yeah, awesome. And I remember I built up to that. I was able to do that. And then I remember I, I started getting a little bit like more confident. I said, you know what? I, I want to see if I can do like five miles without stopping. Five miles. And I remember I'd go, and then like after three miles, I was like, <gasps> I'm like, all right, all right, that's not going to work. Uh, all right, three miles. Yay, that was my goal. And uh, so I just changed my goal a little bit lower. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, but I, was tr- I, was, I, I couldn't get there, and I got there. And then eventually one, it was like a Saturday morning, I remember I went, and I was like, yes, five miles without stopping. Yes. And then I remember that I had a good friend here, and many of y'all know Mr. David Munoz, and he started bugging me. Hey, John, let's, let's run a half marathon. I was like, a half marathon? No way. It's like 13.1 miles. It's no problem. You can do it. It's a piece of cake. And I'm like, yeah, right. Uh, three miles is not a piece of cake. Well, right around that point, we had just we had moved to um, our house out at the camp. So then I would come in the mornings, and on Second Street, there's these trails that are up and down Second Street. And I started to run. I remember the first time I did seven miles, which was a half of a half marathon, because a marathon's 13.1 mar- miles, so it's just over a half. And man, I ran seven miles and I was like, yes. And then the next day I was like, no, I can't walk. But I had been stretched. And I found out that my endurance could persevere to that point. And then on November 16, 2016, me and Mr. David were at this side of the bridge at Port Isabel. Had to run over the bridge to South Padre Island. Run up and down one road and down another road. And then back again to the next road, all the way down to Louie's backyard down at the end over there to finish 13.1 miles. And I remember running those 13.1 miles. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. And do you know that that's the idea that James 1.3 has in regards to your faith? It's that first time you go to lunch and your friends are next to you. And the question comes into your mind, am I going to pray right here in front of everybody for my lunch? Or am I going to do the napkin trick? A napkin fell. Did you just help me put the Amen. <laughs> All right. I prayed. Yeah, nobody saw you. Nobody even knew. A- a- and it's going to be right there. And the next one's going to be that Friday night when you're with your friends. And they're like, hey, we're going to so-and-so's house. And you know what's going on at so-and-so's house. And you say, yeah, you know what, guys? I'm out. I better not. You see, it's right there that your faith is tested. It's right there that your faith is stretched. And it goes from that one-mile run to that three-mile run. And then it's all of a sudden, it's a seven-mile run. It's where you're going to go to college. What are you going to study? And God's saying, hey, I want to use you here. Why don't you do this in my kingdom work? Why don't you serve in this class? Why don't you join the choir? And your faith is tested. And you either respond one way or another. And your endurance either grows. And your faith turns to action. Or it doesn't. 
And then comes the big ones in life. Will you trust God with who you're going to marry? Will you trust God with your life plans? Will you turn into God a list of your life plans and say, hey God, can you fill in the gaps here? Well, this is where I'm going to go to school. This is what I'm going to study. This is who I'm going to marry and this is what I'm going to do with my life. But you know, there's a few gaps there. Are you going to turn into God a blank sheet of paper and say, God, this is me. This is who I am. I I have faith in you. I have a real faith, a a faith that has an assurance, a faith that has a belief system, a faith that has conviction in it. I have a faith that has led me to obedience, grounded in the word of God. I have faith that has led me to action. And when it's tested, it's tested, and I pass the little test, and it's led me to a greater test. And I'm at the point now where I can trust God with my entire life, not just my Friday night decisions, not just with my Netflix choice decisions, not with just my iPhone search decisions, but I can trust God with my entire life. And you'll get to that point with your faith in action. Faith leads to obedience, leads to action. And the truth of the matter is, is that the Bible says this in James chapter 2 and verse number 7. Excuse me. James chapter 2 and verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not what? Look at verse 17, James 2, verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not what? Is what? Dead. We're not judges of people. We're not inspectors of people's Christianity. But I can say this with certainty, that somebody whose life does not demonstrate the works of faith The Bible tells me that they have a faith that's dead. It's a faith that their mouth proclaims, but their heart does not live. And therefore, it's not a real faith. This week, guys, we want to challenge you by faith that your life would be reflected of somebody who has a faith that leads to obedience, a faith that leads to action. Live by faith.